So there's a tension that um, <clears throat> we all deal with, and I want to just recognize it today. And it's a tension that um, we need to understand and we need to uh, handle correctly because if we do not handle this correctly, because we don't understand it, the consequences are devastating. Here's the first side of the tension. It's this. We become unhealthy when we ignore our limits. We become unhealthy when we ignore our limits. This is why, just matter of fact, we become physically unhealthy. We ignore a limit on what we should eat or what we should, how much we should exercise. Um, it, it's, it's also um, ignoring that limit on how much you sleep can make you physically unhealthy. Uh, ignoring a limit is also why we become financially unhealthy. We ignored a limit on how much we should spend or how much we should save. We ignore a, a limit, and, and ignoring a limit, uh, ignoring limits is a reason we are relationally uh, unhealthy. Uh, it's, it's in this that we don't see the limits where we end and other people begin, and we allow other people to encroach on our limits, and, and, and maybe because we don't want to disappoint them or we want to please them, and so we become unhealthy, or we uh, don't stop ourselves from encroaching on other people's limits, because we want something from them. See, ignoring our limits is a big reason people and you and I become emotionally unhealthy. And ignoring these limitations leaves us stressed out, burnt out, and honestly willing to tap and ready to tap out. Now, here's the tension with that. We become stronger when we exceed our limitations. I mean, think about what a physical trainer does. Physically, a physical trainer will take you to the limit of breaking, and then at that limit, you stop, you rest, and then what happens with your body, it restores itself and you become stronger. We can break through physical limitations, and, 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 and when one exceeds uh, those limitations, we become stronger. When we exceed a self-imposed limitation... A self-imposed limitation is like a, 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 an unhealthy habit or an unhealthy attitude or a fear or an, an unhealthy behavior. And when you exceed that self-imposed limitation, you can become stronger. A, a limitation like when someone thinks, well, I just cannot uh, get over this and, and I can't. Or an attitude that just thinks this is just who I am or a fear. When you exceed that, you become stronger. So how do we know when we need to uh, really uh, lean into and be content with a limitation or break through and exceed a limitation? We need wisdom. See, wisdom helps us discern whether we need to embrace or exceed a limitation. To embrace a limitation means that we trust in God's limit on us, that we have a limit and we are surrendered to his limitation on us. And to break through a limitation means that we are obedient to God's work in us so he can work through us. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, we're going to seek God's wisdom to discern the limitations we need to embrace and acknowledge the limitations that, that God wants to give us so we can have this to, to, to see the freedom that we truly want in life. And then we're going to see those self-imposed limitations that God wants to help us break through into. 
So more on that in a moment. For those of you that are new with us, uh, my name, uh, allow me to introduce myself. My name is Casey, and I'm so grateful to share this time together with you. In fact, we all are grateful to share this time with you. Uh, for those online, we're grateful to share this time uh, together with you. And for those of you new with us online, we have a gift for you. They're posting a link to a Connect card. If you'll take a moment to fill that out, we'd love to send you a gift uh, today. Uh, also, for those of you that are new with us in the room, we have a gift for you after the service. If you will go back to Miss Alicia in the back of the room. Hey, Alicia, uh, she's waving back there. She's at the welcome table. She'd love to give you a gift for being with us today. Hey, Westside, let's let everyone online and all of those new in the room with us know how grateful we are to share this time with them. Will you do that? Yeah. So we started this series a couple weeks ago called Becoming Emotionally Healthy. Here's the big idea of the series. Spiritual maturity is having a healthy relationship with God, a healthy relationship with yourself, and a healthy relationship with others. And the onus of this is you cannot be, or the, the main principle in this is you cannot be spiritually mature on knowledge alone. See, many of us think that um, the misnomer is we can have spiritual uh, knowledge and knowledge makes us spiritually mature, but that does, knowledge does not equal spiritual maturity. It's a healthy relationship with God. That, that, that leads to a healthy relationship that we have with ourselves. See, spiritual maturity is having this healthy relationship with God. And out of this relationship with God, you know who you are and, and you can embrace who you are, your identity in Christ. And it's out of your identity in Christ that you are able to love others as you love yourself. And even more than that, you are able to love others as Christ has loved you. And therefore, you have a healthy relationship with others. And it's these healthy relationships that are the mark of spiritual maturity. And this is where our emotional health comes into play. See, this is my working uh, definition of what emotional healthy looks like or being spiritually mature. And it's a measure of this. Emotional health is measured by your ability to manage what you think, feel, say, and do regardless of what happens to you. Your ability to manage your thoughts, your attitudes, your, your, your feelings, what you say, those words you say, and being able to manage those and what you do, regardless of the circumstance you're in or the, the, the situation you're in. That is the measure of our spiritual maturity. Your knowledge alone is not the measure of your spiritual maturity. It's your response to who you are in Christ, knowing who God is and knowing who you are in him and, and then how that infects, affects how you relate with others. In his book, Emotionally Healthy Discipleship, Dr. Pete Scazzaro writes this. He goes, emotional health and spiritual maturity are inseparable. It is impossible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. And this book has inspired this series, and we are looking at the seven marks he writes about, or these seven practices that we're talking about to becoming emotionally healthy. In week one, we looked at the first practice of becoming emotionally healthy. And we, that, that first practice is we prioritize being with God before doing for God. And then last week, we looked at the seven, second mark, or this, uh, the, this second principle or practice of being, becoming emotionally healthy, and, and that is we are following the crucified Jesus. And today, we look at another mark or a practice of becoming emotionally healthy, and this practice is a principle that is embedded all throughout Scripture. 
You can't, every, every, almost every book of the Bible, you see this, this pattern, this principle at play. And we want, I want to look at when this first is introduced to humanity in Genesis chapter 2. In Genesis chapter 2, we read that the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden. But you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. Now, this is the beautiful thing about this narrative is it ties every one of us into it. Because there's something in all of us, I I believe, and I know this about you because I know about me. We want freedom. I mean, we want freedom, don't we? This is a desire in all of humanity to have freedom. This desire is in me. This desire is in you. We want to be free to make our own choices. We want to be free to do what we want to do. We want to be free to be who we are. We want to be. (laughs) But we need to recognize something in God's original design. Freedoms cannot come without limits. He said, you you are free but there was a limit on that freedom. Limits, without limits, you have no true freedom. Satan, being the deceptive being he is, tempts Adam and Eve around the limitation that God puts on them to guard the freedom they have. And in that temptation, Satan tempted them And it led to them destroying their relationship with God, the relationship they had with themselves, and with each other. Satan convinced Adam and Eve that God's limit was not good for them. Satan deceived them to not trust in God's goodness. Hey, God is holding out on you. And because God is holding out, you are missing out. Have you ever said that? Ever thought that? God's holding out on me. Or there, he's just holding out on me, and I'm missing out on this. You ever feel like that? See, the curse of sin is the result of humanity not trusting in God's goodness. The curse of sin goes beyond that. It's not. It's because we are rejecting our God-given limits and not submitting to God's authority. That's the curse of sin. And we all are in this. See, we, we all don't, like we get to this point that we don't trust in God's goodness. And because we don't trust in God's goodness, we reject the limitations that he has given. And, and when you reject his limitations, you are taking yourself out of submission. You are not submitting to his authority. And we've been caught in the sinful cycle since this beginning of time Satan's lies will play to our disordered desires and he, the temptations lead us to not trust God. And when you don't trust God, you reject God's limits on you. After all, human beings, we do not like being limited. We like the idea of being like God, being limitless. I mean, this is exposed as you have a child. You put a limit on children or you tell them the boundary to which they can go. And where do they go to play? All the way to the boundary if they not want to exceed it. See, what are they going to do? You say this all the time. You're just testing my limits. 
You're testing the limits of my patience. It's innate in us. And as adults, we are no, no different, are we? We want to be limitless. We despise limits. We rebel against limits. Well, Casey, rebel is such a hard world. Well, maybe it is. We ignore our limits. And when we ignore our limits, our relationship with God suffers. When we ignore our limits, our relationship with our, ourselves suffer. And then our relationships with others suffer. See, God has placed limits on us. And here's what I want you to know today. We need to embrace these limits, be content with these limits, and submit to these limits because they are a gift to us. Now, let me tie this together this way for those of us who are Christ followers. And this is a hard thing to know. When we reject our God-given limits, Jesus is not Lord. This is something hard for me to accept, but I have to realize this for me. And you need to realize this for you, that when you reject your God-given limits, Jesus is not Lord. And when Jesus is not Lord, it ends up hurting our relationship with God. It ends up hurting our relationship with ourselves. And that leads us to hurt our relationships with others. And our problem is that we think that we can be limitless like God. However, when we don't submit to God's given limitations, these gifts all our relationships suffer. And that's why we have chaos in our world. And maybe that's why there's chaos in your life. But I have good news for us. You ready for the good news? When the, where the first Adams failed, the second Adam prevailed. Now the first Adam represents humanity. Where that first Adam and the first Adam failed and brought this curse of sin on all of us. What, what you and I are unable to do you know, embracing these limits and, and, and not push against these limits. And we fail this constantly. I mean, this is a struggle for me, one of my biggest struggles in life. And when we, where we failed, Jesus Christ prevailed and he did it for us on our behalf so we can have the power to embrace our limits and be made whole spiritually, be made whole emotionally. And once again, there is hope for all of us that one day we will be once again made whole Physically, Jesus, the son of God, became fully human, meaning this. He took upon himself the limitations of humanity. Now, wrap your mind around this. He became limited in a fleshly body like you and I have and subjected himself. God, the son of God, subjected himself to the same limitations you and I have. When the son of God became man, he was still fully God the only thing he did is he emptied himself of his divine limitlessness. No longer was Jesus able to be omnipresent. He was bound to an earthly body. No longer was he omnipotent, had all the power. He depended upon the Holy Spirit's power. And no longer, I would argue, was he omniscient. He depended on the wisdom and the counsel of the Holy Spirit. Luke tells us in Luke 2 that he grew in stature and wisdom because he came and took on the limitations of humanity. Jesus fully depended on the Holy Spirit to lead him, to empower him, just like you and I are given the Holy Spirit to depend on, to lead us and guide us as we embrace our limitations. Jesus embraced God the Father's limitations given him. 
And the beautiful thing with this, this is a really good news. Jesus embraces limitations without sinning. Jesus did not sin. When tempted by Satan in the wilderness, and we read about these temptations in Luke chapter four and Matthew chapter four, he was tempted by Satan to reject God's plan and reject God's timing. However, Jesus chose to trust and be content with God's plan and God's timing. He chose to trust God's word, which revealed God's plan, and he trusted in God's timing. Jesus embraced God the Father's limitations. And after that, that time in the wilderness, that 40 days of fasting, he would be baptized and the Holy Spirit would come on him and empower him. And Jesus models for you and I. Models. He models for you and I how to embrace our limitations and accomplish God's purpose and plan. See, Jesus teaches us how to, and he models this for us. See, Jesus, you need to recognize, Jesus didn't heal everybody. He didn't heal everybody who was sick. There were people at the pool of Bethesda he walked right by to heal. There were, he didn't teach everyone He allowed himself to be limited. He did not bend to everyone's demand. Jesus would practice the Sabbath. He didn't work 24 days a week, uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. He he would practice a Sabbath. He would take solitude. He would take more than uh, what, he would take times of rest that would be extended after extended periods of ministry. He was so, actually, and I would argue, he was so in tune with his limits that he could sleep in the middle of a storm that everybody else was panicked about. See, Jesus shows us that when we embrace our God-given limitations, we accomplish God's purpose and plan. But you know what's at conflict with that? My purpose, my plan. And, And when my plan is in conflict with God's plan, that's when I tend to rebel against God's given, God's given limit on me. I ignore them. I resent them. And you and I need to learn that there are God-given limits that we can trust because they're gifts. And there are also limitations that we need to break through, that God wants to, us to break through. And when we break through those limits, it's for the purpose of accomplishing, accomplishing his purpose in our lives and through our lives and his plan for us. So here's the teaching big idea I want you to know today. Be content and don't resent your God-given limits. Be content with those limits. Don't resent those limits. A spiritually mature person knows their God-given limits and sees them as a gift. And therefore, because they are a gift, they are content with those limits. What if you could embrace that God-given limits on you and would receive them as a gift? What if you could accept them and be content with these limits? What if you could be content that you are not limitless like God? What if we could be content with this? See, most of our life, if we would just be honest with ourselves, most of our life is driven by discontentment. 
We're discontent with our finances. And so what do we do? We are driven to work more. And, and then and what we do is we, we, we want to be um, more, we, we fill our hours with work so we can make more money. Or we, uh, we're not content professionally in our career. And so we push ourselves and we take on more than we should. And, and what ends up happening is we, are, are, we may make our boss happy. We may make our, our bank account happy but we are bankrupt emotionally. We become bankrupt relationally because we haven't embraced God-given limits because we're discontent and we resent those limits. So what must we do? We need to be content with our God-given limits and not resent the limits that we have on ourselves. We need to not resent the limits that others have on themselves. So how do we do this? Well, first this, be content with the limits you cannot change about yourself. You know, there are limits on you because God has made you uniquely you. God has made me uniquely me. I'm so grateful for this and it's also a big burden. You know, I'm in a one on the Enneagram. I'm a D on the disc, if you know that. So that one is like perfectionist. I'm an idealist. I'm also like, a, for those in the Myers-Briggs, I'm an E-N-T-J. Yeah, yeah. And um, there's limits on me. I would love to be the number three on the Enneagram and get a whole lot done. I would love to be the fun guy, the seven on the Enneagram, all you fun people out there. But I'm not the fun guy. There's limits on me. And, and, and there are times that I wish I could do it, but, but I've got to realize there's a limit on my personality and, and, and God made me this way and I need to embrace my limitations and you allow his purpose and his plan to be made perfect in me as I embrace that. There are limits on your temperament. For some of you, um, like you're, you're, I'm more, I, I recognize this, I am more introverted than I want to be. And, and my wife is introverted as well. And for some of you, you're introverted and there's a limit on how much, much people you can have. It's not that my wife and I don't like people. It's not that. We love people. But we have learned over time that we need to recover from being with people. It's not because we don't like people and love people. We love people. But there's a limit on how God has uniquely made us. And we need to learn to be content with this limit because then we can be who God created us to be. And then we can accomplish what God has called us to accomplish by embracing our limitation. And, our th and what we found out is our relationship with each other thrives when we learn our boundaries in these limits. There's limits on that. There's limits on your body. Your body has limitations because maybe your unique physicality or something that you were born with. And in this, there's a limit. God made you with limits physically and we need to be content with our God-given limits. There are limits on our intellectual capacities. Doesn't mean you shouldn't pursue an education just might, you, might mean you need to pursue an education and something else. There, there are limits on not just that, there are limits on our culture because of our cultural upbringing or, or our family of origin. And there are limits on our gifts and our talents. See, there are limits on these things. And we can either resent these limits or we can be content within these limits that God has given us. And when we are content with our God-given limits, when you're content with your God-given limits, therefore, then you are in a position to be used by God to accomplish his good plan for you and in you. But he only comes when you're content with these. 
Next, we also need to be content with the limits on our time and our season of life. Can I tell you something that we do and a mentality that we need to break? We see time as our enemy, don't we? I mean, you might not agree with me, but you think about this. We always say we're fighting against time. I mean, that language says it's our enemy. I've got so much to do and not enough. It's our enemy. Revelation happened to me this past week. I was asking my kids, hey, what, what, what character of God do you want to you know, pray today as we celebrate who God is, something we've been doing over the last couple of weeks? And my daughter said, Alpha and Omega. And I was like beginning to pray and it just this epiphany hit me. And my poor kids got this theological lesson they were not ready for. <laughs> He's Alpha and Omega. He's beginning and end. He exists out of, outside of time. Time is not God's enemy. Time is God's tool. What happens when you and I see time as an enemy? We resent it. But we need to be content with it. We ignore it, however, and we resent it. And here's the reality. When you resent it, you're going to work 24 hours a day, more hours than you need. You're going to work more days than you need. And, and, and you need to recognize that time is a gift to be content in. This is why sleep needs to be embraced as a God-given limit to help you rest and recover and rest in him. You, you can fight it, resent it, or be content with it. Sabbath is a God-gifted limit. Ignore it, resent it, and you're going to suffer the consequences of it. You cannot work this long and go without rest and be healthy, and it's not going to lead you to have healthy relationships with others. It may please your boss and everybody else, but you will destroy your relationship and your emotional health and what you have with others and even yourself. The seasons on your life have limits. The seasons on our life, not only do we have limits on our time and in and, 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 and the essence of how much we should work in the day that we need to take to recover, but we also have seasons of limits. For singles, you need to be content with the God-given gifts that are in your singleness. And while you are not limited by time like those of us who are married or even those with children, and you may not have children right now, your time may not be limited. However, there are other limits on your life that you need to recognize as God's gift. Sexually, you are limited. And you need to be content with this. Don't resent this. And, and, you, and, and we, if we break this limitation, seeking true freedom, our relationship Suffers. Our relationship with God suffers. Paul would say in 1 Corinthians 5 that your relationship with yourself suffers. And then your relationship with others suffer the consequences. For those of us who are married, we need to be content on the limits that are now in a part of this season of marriage. God requires and limits you to one wife, husbands and wives. God limits you to one husband. God limits you. And so in this, that means you need to put boundaries around that limit and protect that. 
And you need to do this. And, and for those of you how, who, who are married, sexually, you also need to see that there is a limit sexually, that God has called you to be pure with one spouse. All your other relationships now are limited according to that relationship that you have. And, and in this, we are limited also by something. But I'm limited by my wife's needs. I am called to meet her needs. And so therefore, there's a limitation that I need to embrace and see as a gift for me. There are limitations and needs that I have that my wife needs to, to, is limited then by. There are limitations a part of this. For those of you with children, there are those of you that have young children, there, there's those of you that have children that are maybe close to being out of the house or already out of the house. Each season has its limitations. Embrace that. Dads, do you need to be content with the limitation of children on your season of life or are you resenting the season? Moms, are you resenting the season with this limitations on your time with your kids or are you content with it? See, when our kids are also out of the house, that limit is removed, but now we have other limitations. We don't have the energy we used to have. <laughs> and we need to be content. You know, one of the things I've, I'm, I'm learning to say, when people call and they go, Casey, you must be so busy. I'm trying not to be busy. And so I'm saying, I'm not busy. I'm just limited. I'm limited. We need to embrace this. And that's helping me become emotionally healthier and more spiritually mature as I embrace and am content with my God-given limits. This also means that we need to create boundaries around our priorities. And this is so important. Boundaries help you and I protect what is most important. Proverbs 4.23 is a very important verse. It says, diligently guard your heart because out of it flows the springs of life. Guard your heart. Put a limit around what is the most important thing out of your heart. Out of your relationship with God flows the most important thing, your life that you want and you, you so desire. See, limits help us guard the treasure that's inside. <laughs> now check this out. Jesus would say in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, that we are to, where our treasure is, our heart goes. So limits help us guard the treasures that are in Christ because our devotion is in seeking first his kingdom. And when we seek first his kingdom, we're going to guard that treasure that is in him. See, limits help us do this. So we need to learn to say no because there's a greater yes that we're saying yes to. And we need to put limits around our relationship with God. Some of us don't do that. We'll let everything else encroach on that yes. And we'll say yes to so many other things. We need to make Christ the priority. If he's the priorities, then your boundaries will be around him as that priority. And then if he's the priority, for those of us who are married, our spouse will become our priority and we're gonna set proper boundaries around our spouse. And for those of us with kids, after that, we're going to see then that after Christ is our priority, our spouse is our priority, then our kids are going to be our priority. And then work's gonna be our priority because we need to provide for our spouse and our kids because they're a priority. Without limits, though, we will work and have no limits to how much work we do. Without a yes and a priority and boundaries around this, we will have no limits to the amount of kids' sports that we put our kids in. I'm preaching now. 
We'll have no limits on our social engagements without those proper priorities and proper boundaries around them. We need to embrace our God-given limits and create boundaries with others to protect our priorities. And then we must do what we can with who we are and what we have and trust God with what we cannot do within our limits. Do what you can with the limits that God has gifted you. Do what you can with the limits of who you are and what you have. Do your limits, do do what you can with the limits that God's imposed on all of us in our time, in the season of life. And be content with those limits. And with everything you cannot do within those limits, you are actively trusting God. Because being content with your limits is an act of trust. Trust God with what you cannot do. After all, you're not limitless. So stop playing God. You are not all powerful. You are not everywhere at all times. So stop trying to be everywhere at all times. And you're definitely not all knowing. And when we ignore our limitations, when I ignore my limitations, I play God and God will not contend with that. So I need to be content that I'm limited and you need to be content that you're limited and do what you can within your limitations and trust God with what you cannot do. Trust him with your weaknesses and watch him work. Trust him with your limitations. Well, what about those self-imposed limitations we talked about? Those unhealthy attitudes, those fears, those unhealthy thoughts, those habits or behaviors. This is where the Holy Spirit's power comes in. The Holy Spirit gives you and I the strength and the self-control to break through those unhealthy limits, those unhealthy attitudes, those unhealthy, um, those habits, those unhealthy behaviors those fears that are in those attitudes. We need to adopt a growth mindset and, and, embrace, and embrace that growth mindset and get out of this fixed mindset. The fixed mindset says, I can't, or this is just who I am. I'll always be an angry person. But the growth mindset says, that may be who I am now, but the Holy Spirit can work in me. I can't, but yet, yet, God can still work and I know that he wants to lead me. And there may be limitations that I, that, that I have in life, but God's strength and his power can work through all of my limitations. With the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of God's truth, you can break through the limits when, he, when you trust him and you obey him. And that's the key. Will you trust him? We must Trust him. I love what the psalm says. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Wisdom. That's what you and I need, isn't it? You don't gain wisdom until you number the limit, until you identify the limitations. This will help us be content and not resent our God-given limits. So do you need wisdom today? Well, begin to embrace those limits that God has given you. And you're going to discover wisdom. And after you embrace those limits, <laughs> they, see, this is what it is. You and I gain wisdom when we embrace God, our God-given limits. 
And when we do this, he'll lead you to his perfect plan and his purpose. When you lean not onto your own understanding and trust in him in all his ways, in all your ways, acknowledge him. He'll direct your path. And he will give you the wisdom to obey him, the courage to do it. And you'll break through those limitations. See, when you can trust him with the limits that you have, then you will be able to trust God to reveal his power through your limitations. Jesus models this to us. That when we embrace our limits, we are in a place to depend upon the Holy Spirit's power. And you can break through those self-imposed limitations. And when God asks you to maybe exceed a limit out of obedience, he will give the power to you to do that. Because you've learned to embrace those other limits as a gift. See, God uses ordinary people all throughout scripture like you and me who embrace our God-given limits. People like Gideon, who is an ordinary man living an ordinary life, but yet God called him to be content with a limit. David was content with a limit on him. He did not embrace Saul's armor, but he used his slingshot. Esther was content with her heritage and, and the limitation of that heritage and God's power was revealed through her. Paul was content with a thorn in his flesh and we don't know what it was, but it was an ailment to him. It was something that inhibited him. It was a weakness. It was a limitation. And he embraced that God-given limit as if it were a gift. And he would say God's strength was made perfect in his weakness. And our problem is we want to break out of our limitations and be free. However, God wants you to be content with those God-given limits so you can experience the true freedom he wants for you. So I want to ask you today, is there a limit, a God-given limit that you are resenting and you need to be content today? Or is there a self-imposed limit that you need to break through? I want us to pray together and I want us to pray with each other. And in a moment, I'm going to ask you to stand and you're going to turn to one another and we don't want anybody to be left alone. So Westside, I want you to look for someone who may be alone. If you're new with us, we invite you to do this with us. And, and we want you to pray this prayer for one another. Father, help my friend be content with his or her God-given limits. So will you stand with me? And then we're gonna sing together. We stand and will you look at one another? Can you turn up the lights just a little bit more so we can see? Uh, maybe they can see, I can't see. Um, but will you find somebody, find someone right now. And I want you to just, just go with them and just say, can I pray with you? and then just pray this over one another. Will you do that right now online? We encourage you to do this. In a moment, we're gonna sing together. As you continue to pray, our band's gonna continue to play and we're gonna sing a song in a moment. We're gonna celebrate baptisms during this next song. And then um, after that, the ushers are gonna come for those who are prepared to give. Thank you, Father, help us be content with the limits that you've given us.